sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today. It is hour two of our two-hour extravaganza here on SportsGrid and (laughs) SportsGrid.com, which is a great place to catch the latest news, notes, and information on fantasy sports, wagering, perhaps a little pop culture as well. I'm Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia. We're here for you every day from noon to 2 Eastern here on SportsGrid.com. Also check out our radio channel over on SportsGrid Radio for the latest on all of our radio shows there, including Scott Farrell. Farrell on the bench, Scott Wetzel in the morning. We've got all the Scots covered on SportsGrid Radio. Just looking for one more uh, Scott here on uh, on SportsGrid and SportsGrid Radio. Joe, good afternoon. Uh, good to be with you here for the second hour of our show. We'll cover some fantasy sports as well, but certainly Major League Baseball is taking hold on the show today, and we're going to discuss a lot of that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Look, baseball is in the forefront today. I know we have a football game tonight. We've also got some football news to share with you guys as well at the top of the hour because it looks like Kareem Hunt's groin injury is not as serious as we might have thought. However, it looks like uh, still a no-show at Tampa practice for both Leonard Fournette and Chris Godwin with really hurts those Godwin owners again. What a tease. Came back last week, had a good week, but it looks like he could be in question this week again. Not good. And then DeAndre Hopkins for two days in a row missing practice. So keep a close eye on that one tomorrow because if he misses Friday, that does not portend well for Sunday. Yeah, very big surprise at the top of our show that Joe would be more worried about his guys on his fantasy team like Kareem Hunt than your fantasy team. I mean, Kareem Hunt is fine. Right. What are you worried about? This is for everybody. He had a groin. He didn't practice for two days. What are you talking about? It's Thursday. How did we miss two practices? Oh, he missed a practice yesterday. Excuse me. Sorry about that. He missed practice yesterday. Fine. Something to keep in mind. Who else on your team isn't hurt? Talk about. Come on. Well, I don't have DeAndre Hopkins, unfortunately. I wish I had a lot more DeAndre Hopkins this year. It just didn't happen. Yeah. What's that? Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt, all year long, Kareem Hunt, he's fine, he's good, we know, we understand, he's going to be fine, he's going to be very good, you did a great job, you drafted Kareem Hunt, he's good, didn't get hurt, perfectly fine. I don't have any Godwin, but I wanted to let you know that Godwin's hurt again, because I know you have all the Godwin, how's that working out for you? I have none of that, so maybe I was just trying to help you, did you ever think of that? Maybe I was just trying to help you. That all right, here we go. Thursday's headlines here on the show Kareem Hunt is playing this week. We can all rejoice, he's great, he's having a great year, and he's been phenomenal. And he missed a practice yesterday, but oh, he's gonna be fine. He's gonna play this week, he's gonna get 100 yards rushing, 100 yards receiving, and get 10 catches. And he's gonna win you not one but two million dollars on FanDuel this week. They have a new contest, it's called the Kareem Hunt Invitational. You can only play Kareem Hunt. <laughs> And for 200 points, you get $2 million. You want to enter, go right now. Use promo code PISAPIA, P-I-S-A-P-I-A. Get yourself involved. You'll pay half the price. You can just play all of Kareem Hunt in your lineup, all eight guys. Okay, Titans and Steelers postponed. No game for them this week. Hopefully, they'll be able to play next week. Uh, Tennessee Titans, we got to get an update tomorrow. Tomorrow is a crucial update on their COVID results because, again, any player that tests positive has a 14-day quarantine and, uh, and interesting to see as far as uh, fantasy leagues, there's going to be a lot of people trying to slide their players onto the COVID list this week. And if you're a commissioner out there and you see somebody sliding Derrick Henry on the COVID list, 
unless you test positive for COVID, I don't think you should be able to do that. So keep an eye on that. The Jets tonight, they are one-point favorites against the Denver Broncos. I am going to side with the Jets and get burned tonight. I'm going to go with it, give it a shot, and just burn the money. Uh, Jets uh, getting one, I think. I saw some minus one, though, today, too. So I don't know which way that is right now. Doc Rivers uh, watches the NBA Finals with the Sixers' ownership. Doc is a good coach. He'll land on his feet. The Heat's in trouble. They lost Goran Dragic last night in the NBA Finals. They also lost Bam Adebayo. Looks like Bam is going to play tomorrow. I'm not sure about Dragic, so we'll keep an eye on that. Michael Thomas back on the field for the New Orleans Saints. They really need him. He hasn't played in a couple of weeks. And so Thomas is huge, Joe, for fantasy because at the very least, if he plays this week, we'll get a better sense as to what Drew Brees is because if we're going to say that uh, Brees is not the same without Michael Thomas, if Thomas is in, at least that will give us a better idea if that is true or not. In is one thing, healthy is the other, and I just don't know how healthy he is. If he if he's going to play, you have to put him in your lineup because he was your first-round pick. You have no choice. You have to just cross your fingers and hope for the best. But uh, it's definitely frustrating because I think when you look at this kind of injury and you see somebody moving too quickly or quicker than they should back from it, I think there's always a little bit of pause there of possible re-aggravation of that injury, or maybe he's just not ready yet to come back. We saw Saquon Barkley with a high ankle sprain push it to come back, came back too soon last year. Unfortunately, things did not go very well for him when he did. Eventually, things did get better. But uh, New Orleans is in kind of a almost a desperate situation, I would say, in this week. It's just crazy to say because it's only week four. But they need a win in the worst way, and they need a good showing here against Detroit. And we'll see if they can go out there and get that on the road. The one thing I'm certain of is Alvin Kamara will have – a whole lot of uh, high roster percentage this week because it's another good matchup for him. And uh, look, even though he's up at the top of the board, 8-8 on FanDuel, I think you're definitely going to be looking for a lot of uh, him being in a lot of lineups because it's uh, whether Michael Thomas is there or not, it's hard to not think he's going to be the focal point of the offense. Yeah, and uh, and look, Thomas has been fantastic. The last couple of years, he's probably been, I would say, the Saints' best player, not named Alvin Kamara. Both guys going in the first round of fantasy drafts. It tells you all you need to know about that team. All right, coming up next, some previews of the baseball game set to go. If you missed the last hour of the show, there is no game uh, coming up in an hour from now. We were supposed to have the second game between Miami and Chicago. That's rained out. So our next game, we got 5 o'clock Eastern. Cardinals and Padres will give you a preview and a wagering preview of that. We'll tell you who's favored, what the total is of that one. It will also preview the Dodgers and Brewers coming up next. And you'll hear from uh, Cy Young Award winner, multi-Cy Young Award winner, Clayton Kershaw, who's chasing that postseason ring. We'll have that next and a lot more right here on Fantasy Sports Today. So make sure you stay on the grid. We're back in just two minutes. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today, SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. I'm Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia. We got plenty of baseball to get to today as we give you previews of the games that are going on in just a little while. No score, by the way, again, between the Reds and Atlanta Braves. More good pitching in that series. Uh, Okay, let's start off with the game starting at 5.08 Eastern. It is a win-and-you're-in game, surprisingly, Joe, and not for the team that is favored in this series. It is for the underdog in this series, and they're a big underdog again today. The St. Louis Cardinals will take on the San Diego Padres, and 
I suppose when they say it's postseason experience, it really does mean something because the Cardinals show that every year. Last year, no one gave them a chance. They beat the Braves in seven games, almost advanced to the World Series again. Adam Wainwright, speaking of postseason experience, is on the bump today, and Davies is minus 167. Huge favorite there. Total is eight and a half. And the Cardinals lead the series one game to none. And, and I think that, unfortunately for San Diego, Joe, it's like can't predict sports, you know? Like they did all the right things. They made all the right trades. They played well. Tatis became a star. And then you get to the postseason. And then right before the postseason, you lose your best pitcher and you lose your second best pitcher. And then all of your plans just kind of go up in smoke. And look, Padres could very easily come back and win this series, no doubt. And if they do, supposedly they could get back to Nelson Lamette at least for the next round. It doesn't look like Clevenger will be back for that round. Mm-hmm. But I do sort of feel bad for San Diego because of the great season that they had and all they accomplished. But they kind of went all in for this year, Joe. And and that looks like it may end up being a mistake. Well, I don't think it's a mistake to try to win. Uh, so you can go all in and try to win, especially where you know you're a smaller market club. And just like the Rays, you know that maybe just this year would have been easier to compete because you're not going to see the big market clubs acquiring all this big-time talent for the most part. In fact, they were the team that was acquiring the big-time talent. So, you know, you can't predict that Mike Clevenger would get hurt. You can't predict that Harry Cosmer would have gotten hurt this year or Tommy Pham would have gotten hurt this year. I think being aggressive shows the fan base that you care, that you're trying at least. So getting in the playoffs for the first time in a long while, I don't think is as a negative. Now, of course, this format is very difficult because you're only playing best two out of three games as well. So it's not very forgiving for anything of that nature either. Uh, I would say that it's kind of shocking that I could still look up at a slate and see Adam Wayne right here pitching in the playoffs. I'm still trying to get over 2006 as a Med fan, and he's out there. Meanwhile, guys he faced in that game are like managers now in the major leagues, which is kind of uh, – Kind of crazy when you think about it, but Zach Davies, as good as he was at the beginning of the season here, he kind of faltered towards the end a little bit, looked a little bit more human. I find it hard to believe that uh, St. Louis actually doesn't close things out here today, but I don't think this season is a loss. I think a playoff appearance for the Padres is a big deal. I think being uh, competitive against the Dodgers most of the season is a big deal. And I think you take solace in that, and I think you're excited about next year if you're a Padres fan. I think you have to worry about Chris Paddock, though. I mean, not a good showing yesterday, but also – This year, as a two-pitch pitcher, he got exposed quite a bit, and he was supposed to be the ace of this rotation going into the year, and I think that is the bigger concern than anything. Lamette's pitched well. Clevenger obviously has a ton of upside, but I think it's all about Chris Paddock next year and what you're going to get out of him in 2021. Yeah, certainly has not been as good as he was last year. Maybe he becomes their third starter, but you know, Clevenger's going to have to stay healthy at some point. This guy's been hurt how many years in a row already? It's uh, it's maddening. Uh, 10.05 Eastern, let's move on to the late night affair. For those of you who are on the East Coast, if you're listening to us or watching us on the West Coast, this game is right up your alley. The Milwaukee Brewers are up against it tonight in a do-or-die game. This is the biggest favorite of any game that we've seen on the board yet. It is the Dodgers and Clayton Kershaw minus 265 tonight in what will be his first postseason appearance of 2020. The total is seven and a half in the series. The Dodgers took a very easy and commanding 1-0 lead in the series. They got on top of Milwaukee early, and they pretty much didn't look back. Milwaukee's best reliever this season, Devin Williams, is not pitching in the postseason. Milwaukee's best pitcher, Corbin Burns, is not pitching in the postseason. They backed in. They're under 500. They're definitely up against it. Uh, But that being said, there's a bigger picture here. And that is, of course, that the Dodgers are still chasing that World Series championship. And very interestingly enough, 
a couple of days ago before the series began, actually it was yesterday, uh, Clayton Kershaw was interviewed by the media and was asked in terms of what we talk about here a lot, his postseason experience. And he was asked that question. Uh, and then he was asked a follow-up question about just pitching in the postseason and the kind of advice he can take, the kind of advice he could give, and uh, gave a pretty funny answer. Man, I don't know. I mean, I think I think experience is helpful. You know, you kind of learn from past success and past failure about um, preparation and things like that. But um, as far as advice, I mean, I think – I don't know. I, I think um, – just try and trust what you've done to be there. I mean, I guess would be the main success. I think maybe at the very early on, you know, you, you might not trust necessarily the work you put in or the success you've had before. And um, you maybe lose some, some faith or some confidence and things like that in what you've done. So just try to remember that, you know, the process and the routine that's got you here is good enough to get people out in the regular season or the postseason. Maybe, maybe that'd be the best advice. Have there been times during this journey when you strayed from that? I don't know, man. I'm not going to think that deep with you. I was as good as I could do. You made me think too hard there. <laughs> All right. So, look, uh, Kershaw's been asked this a million times, and he's going to keep getting asked this a million times. And I think he's going to pitch great tonight against Milwaukee, but that's not where Judgment Day is going to be for him, Joe. Uh, Judgment Day is going to be for him later on when it's in the NLCS or it's in the World Series. And I, I feel so bad for him, man. Like, he he has been, I mean, I guess he's been the best pitcher of the last 20 years, right? Like, is is there an argument on that? I don't know. Maybe, I guess you could throw Scherzer's name in there, or now you can I would throw Jacob Verlander DeGrom. over him. I would throw Verlander and DeGrom in that same conversation in the last 20 years. I think you have to, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, Verlander's I, I think won do. an MVP and a Cy Young. I mean, that's a pretty impressive feat. Not a lot of guys can say they've done that. Yeah, I mean, Kershaw's numbers statistically will end up better than Verlander's career. But yeah, I mean, it's fair. Verlander is, and Verlander has pitched and pitched well in, in the big games. And, and in the American League, not. his whole career. I mean, let's also keep in mind that Verlander's pitched, you know, for with the DH his entire career, and Kershaw's pitched in the National League and Dodger Stadium his whole career. So I kind of wonder if you flip that around, if those, you know, those secondary numbers are still the same. But he's in that conversation regardless. I mean, Clayton Kershaw's still a Hall of Famer. Clayton Kershaw has nothing to be ashamed about when he looks at his career, and he's not the first great player to struggle in the playoffs. Barry Bonds did for quite some time. <laughs> Barry Bonds is one of the greatest hitters I've ever seen. But at the same time, I think Clayton Kershaw recognizes it and he knows it. And I'm glad he's not overthinking it because he shouldn't. At a certain point, it does become a mental thing, not a physical thing, where you don't perform well in one or two of those scenarios. And then it compounds itself and then it gets worse and worse. But I would say he's had some moments in postseason games where you go back and you look at the track record that it shows up there and he's been okay. So you go out there and you, and you beat up on a, on a Milwaukee team that you should beat up. That lineup is not very... Uh, formidable, in my opinion, right now, the way the Brewers have played this year. So he should go out there and have a good start, and hopefully he can build on that, Craig. Yeah, I hope so. I, I would. He's one guy in particular that I'm rooting for to to have a good postseason because I just I think it's unfair. But, but look, the, the track record says what it says. The stats say what they say. It's undeniable that in those big spots he hasn't come through. But I've enjoyed watching this guy pitch for so long, and it seems as though what he's always done What do you think is unfair? Work. What do you think is unfair? We're trying to think what we're getting at. Is unfair? 
It, to, oh. to be so good and then to just fail at the biggest moments is just, it's tough. I don't like yeah. Uh, so I, I, I don't I understand. know. I, I, if I had to, if I had to, maybe fair isn't the right word for it. I just think it stinks for him. I just, mm-hmm. I would like to see him succeed in that spot. I'm rooting for that. That's a, that's a better yeah. way to put it. Fair well, is not the right word. Knows, nobody thing. knows better than him about what the expectations are. And I think that's the one thing if you're a Dodger fan, you have to respect and understand is that if you think Clayton Kershaw is the guy that, you know, isn't more disappointed than you are in his performance in the postseason, his career, then you're nuts. Of course he is. He's that kind of a player. He's that kind of a warrior kind of guy. And uh, hopefully he can build on a good start today and parlay that into the rest of the playoffs here for the Dodgers. I mean, look, I'm also jaded. It's it's also part of me, the the players that I like more. And um, and there's no doubt that I like Clayton Kershaw more than Verlander or some of these other guys. Just a good guy. All right, we'll take a quick break here on Fantasy Sports today. Back with more. Just don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today on SportsGrid. And, of course, in the NFL, it's been an upside-down season. As always, teams are 0-3. You thought they'd be 3-0 or 2-1. It's it's the NFL. It's wacky. It's wild. The one thing that we know is a lot of points are being scored at an incredible rate this year. But beyond that, we did have some pretty massive upsets last week. And so uh, on this exercise for today's show, what we're going to do, as we always do on Thursday, is take a look at some of the spreads that you would call very uh, low, like a minus minus one, minus two, minus three, minus four. Take a look at it a little deeper and determine maybe if the wrong team is favored in the game. Now, certainly, if you get to the fourth quarter of any football game and the game is tied or it's very close with two minutes to go, you made the right call on either side. (laughs) That's the way that the NFL is. It's a bounce it's uh, it's an interception. It's a fumble. Things change very quickly. But in this particular case, there are a lot of games this week that actually uh, feature some of the weaker teams in the NFL. And by the way, some teams that have actually looked pretty good, even though they are weak. So, Joe, let's go ahead and get the exercise started for this Thursday. And let's start off with the team that essentially could do no wrong last <laughs> last couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden reminded us that the cart was a little ahead of the horse here with the Arizona Cardinals. They're not going to win 14 games, right? So they lose to Detroit, disappointing fashion, but really was it? I mean, after a two and one start, is anybody going to complain with them? There are three point favorites this week at Carolina. So the question is, is the wrong team favored? Should Carolina be favored at home? Or was that just a blip on Arizona's radar last week? Well, Kyler Murray was a little off last week, and where Kyler Murray goes, so go the Arizona Cardinals. They're still not a good defensive team. The injury right now that we're monitoring here on DeAndre Hopkins is a little concerning as well. So I think the correct team is favored here. I think Arizona's done enough here beating San Francisco out of the gate and uh, beating the Detroit Lions there. Uh, Obviously, there's some – look, I would say this. Arizona is certainly in a spot where you could see them going into Carolina and losing this football game. It would not shock me at all, especially if you look at the slate of games. There's a lot of unevenness when you look at it. A lot of teams that are clear favorites in games, and usually 
that means we're in store for a trap. There's going to be a couple upsets, and I think this could very well be one of them. But in terms of understanding, is the wrong team favored? No, because Kyla Murray is the best player on this field, along with DeAndre Hopkins. Carolina Panthers are without Christian McCaffrey. They are at home. But without Christian McCaffrey, it's very difficult to see Carolina favored almost against anybody this year. So I would definitely say the Cardinals are the right team, but it would not shock me in the slightest to see the Carolina Panthers upset the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, and and I think that they should be favored, and and I think the wrong team is is not favored here. Uh, is is not favored here. Carol, uh, Arizona should be favored. Maybe one and a half, two, three is even fine. I don't have a huge problem with it. Uh, look, the bottom line is that the Cardinals are still a good team. They're not a great team. If they lose to Carolina this week, they're two and two. Their season win total at the FanDuel Sportsbook was seven. So if they follow that two and two throughout the whole season, they're still going to go over their projected win total anyway. If they win, they got a really good shot at going over that. But that's, that's I think, pretty much exactly the way that I see it this week, is that Arizona should win the game. Carolina definitely can win the game. And make no mistake about it, after what you saw last week against Detroit, you understand that is not a team that's invincible it was just way too early to think that this was going to be a 12-win team or 13-win team in the NFL. And and I, I guess some people thought that all of a sudden that, that you go from winning three games to winning 12 or four or 12 in one season. It doesn't happen like that. All right, now let's move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars and Cincinnati Bengals, a game not many will watch unless you're betting on it or have fantasy implications. That is for sure. Jacksonville looked awful last week. Cincinnati has played every game pretty much tight. Like It looks like they can win these games, but... They're falling short in a lot of them. The Bengals are at home. The line is telling you they're, these two teams are exactly the same because the Bengals are minus three. That's what you get. If you're the home team, you're given three points. Joe, is the wrong team favored in this one? I think the right team is favored, but I think Jacksonville is actually going to at least cover in this game uh, because you're right. This is a very close one here. James Robinson has been fantastic. Uh, Burrow has shown some moments here without a doubt. Tyler Boyd has been very effective this year, and it was great to see T. Higgins show up. After a pretty good college career, obviously to have two touchdowns last week was really encouraging there. As A.J. Green looks like he might be falling to the wayside, which is very sad to me, but it seems like that's just the case. No matter how many targets go his way, they don't seem to convert, and that seems to be an issue. But it's hard not to think that Cincinnati with Joe Burrow and what they've shown you at least this year should be favored in this game since they are at home. However, this is another one that I think is very fishy and another one where you start looking at it and you say, oh, okay, well, this team's favorite. You know what? I don't care if they're favorite. They're not significantly better than the Jacksonville Jaguars, not in any way, especially defensively. And the Jaguars also have a little bit more rest on them this week, too. And I think that is a, fa- a definitely a factor in this game. So for me, I actually like the Jacksonville side of this game. I think the right team is favored, but I think I will be leaning towards the Jacksonville side, and I will probably have this game on my FanDuel wagering in the sports book this week. Yeah, I, I don't know that I see it the same way here. And I'll tell you what, it is not about that. It is more about this question to me. If I feel as a wagerer, this is not talked about enough. If I feel as somebody who is a sports handicapper or a wager, and I look at a game and wonder, and my question is, is this the last time that the Jaguars will only be a three-point underdog Excuse me, in a game the rest of the season? I think there's a chance of that. And if that is the case, do you go ahead and roll against Jacksonville in this one time? Because there's a chance if Cincinnati wins this game by seven or six or five, there's going to be no faith in Jacksonville the rest of the season. They're going to go back to what we thought at the beginning of the year. I'll compound that by saying this. That was one of the worst performances I've seen in the NFL this season from Jacksonville last Thursday night. I mean, look, I, I saw the 
couple weeks. They look pretty good. Of course, I watched a little bit of that last week with Miami, and uh, the, I quit after the first half. Jacksonville could not look, I, stop I know Miami. you didn't watch that Thursday game the week before, but the Cincinnati defense looked equally as bad as the Jacksonville one. So I just want to put that out there, too. I don't know how much you'll be able to see of them, but they looked absolutely dreadful, too. That's why I think this is very close to a coin flip here, and the fact that you're getting points on Jacksonville's oh, side, I think it makes it appealing. Every game is a coin flip, buddy. Well, sure. Every, Every game, game theoretically is a 50-50, right. But I think when you're dealing with two defenses like this, the fact that one team could just pull away, I think is it, it's harder for me to – it's a harder pill to swallow because I don't think anybody can stop anybody in this game. Yeah. I don't like Jacksonville. I think that if you told me at the beginning of the year that you could bet against them and only lay three in any game this season, if I told you that a month ago, you'd say sign me up. I'll sign me up for Cincinnati <laughs> Minus three. Uh, Sunday at 1 o'clock Eastern, Indianapolis takes on Chicago. The Bears will have Nick Foles at quarterback. The Colts have looked great, and they've looked awful. And so they're minus two and a half in this game on the road. I, they're, they're, there is definitely some public interest in the Colts this season because it seems like they can do no wrong, and there's still going to be a belief that they can be good. This is a very, very tough one for me. So uh, I'll start off by guessing, and I will say that the uh, the wrong team is not favored. I will say that Indianapolis is the better team here. I don't want to lay any points, though, with the Colts at all, ever. I will have no interest in it whatsoever. If the line was even, maybe on a straight-up situation, I would take Indianapolis, but not going to do it this week. I don't know which Bears team is going to show up. I don't know which quarterback on either side is going to show up. I'm out. I'm out on this one. I think it's really interesting that this is two and a half, not three, not three and a half, not four for a team that is three and oh, the Bears are three and oh, whether we like it or not. They found a way to win football games. Uh, defense has played a little bit better of late. Uh, if there is such a thing as momentum and Nick Foles taking over a quarterback and that gives them a little spring in their step, so be it. Allen Robinson had a fantastic game. I understand the Indianapolis Colts are a good defensive team, but let's not go too crazy about them considering they played the Jets last week. I think anybody playing the Jets is going to show you that they're a good defensive team that week. So this one to me is another one that is, I don't know, I do not feel confident in the Colts whatsoever. But I do think the right team is favored here. They deserve to be favored because they have a better quarterback. They have a better defense. They have, and again, that's not saying a whole lot this year with Phillip Rivers, but they do have a better quarterback, at least theoretically. And they've got a situation here where they could. Well, well look, Phillip Rivers, Phillip Rivers is or is not a Hall of Famer. Just go ahead. Tell me. This week, you said he didn't say lifetime. I said why well, I, I gave the caveat theoretically. I gave the caveat theoretically. He's a better quarter. Well, Nick Foles has had a couple good games in his career, and Philip Rivers is going to the Hall of Fame. Whether you or I like it or not, is that not an accurate statement? <laughs> Peyton Manning threw 30 interceptions his final season, and if you put him he up against. Threw- uh, he also threw 30 Billy in his Bolt first season. Right. Well, in that season. I mean, it's a one I, we're talking about this week. That's it. I like the uh the the bear side in this game. That's it. Yeah, That's I don't like your side. I have, I have no clue. I have no idea who. If gonna I'm going to guess, game. I'm going to guess on the bear side of this game. Again, no feel confident on it at all. I think the Indianapolis Colts uh are Good sometimes, not good others. We've seen the Jekyll and Hyde act. Maybe there's a confidence build from beating the Jets last week so handily. I don't think so. I think going on the road to Chicago is going to be tougher than other people realize. The right team is favored, but I think the Bears is the way I would lean in this one. 
Look, if Kareem Hunt was on the Colts, I definitely would take the Colts. There's no doubt. Well, that you should. You know, I don't even know why I'm talking to you. I should be putting lineups in the Kareem Hunt Invitational right now. You know, Kareem Hunt, the guy who's uh, got more fantasy points than Clyde Edwards O'Leary, your boy. John Okay, Buffalo Bills at Las Vegas Raiders. The Bills are minus three. What a weird game they had last week. That's what I want to start off with. What a bizarre game. They go up so big on the Rams, and it was like it was like people were like lapping a victory lap season in the second quarter, and the Rams came all the way back. They could have easily won that game. So they're laying three at the Raiders. I think the wrong team is favored here. I, I do. I, I think they uh, win. I, I I don't at all. Darren Waller's banged up. Rugs is out. Uh, you're gonna have to count on a lot of guys. Just Josh Jacobs is dealing with an injury too. I know you're not crazy about the injury reports, but to me, that's a banged up team. Buffalo should be favored, and Buffalo is gonna win this football game. Yeah, no, I think they should be favored, but uh, I don't know. I think the Raiders got a shot in this one. So, okay, we got fantasy reality coming up next. Make sure you stay tuned. We'll go through some possible outcomes tonight. The Jets win tonight. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. No score in the Reds and Braves for the second straight game through five innings as they play this one in Atlanta, the deeper the game goes, it will come down to the bullpens, and certainly Braves have the advantage there with a lot of really good arms in the eighth and ninth. But can it get to that point? We'll see if Cincinnati could score some runs. We'll update you coming up in about 15 minutes from now on that game. No game starting today at 2 o'clock Eastern. Unfortunately, a rain out between Chicago and Miami, so we got the Cardinals coming up a little bit later against the San Diego Padres. But, of course, tonight it is the huge game in the NFL that everybody wants to see Everybody wants to go to. This is the huge game in New York. If they could open up the stadium tonight, they probably would fill this with 50,000, 60,000 cutouts of people who wouldn't go and just put the cutouts in the stadium. But we're going to do it. We're going to give it one more shot for all of our Jets fans out there. I know there are a lot of people living in the Northeast, and they I think they want the Jets to lose, actually, maybe. But either way... This is the easiest fantasy reality question and the shortest fantasy reality question of our 2020 football season. And here it is, right on your screen, fantasy reality. The Jets win tonight. Fantasy reality, Joe. Fantasy, because I'm Uh, rooting for them to lose. And I'll tell you why, because... I want Brett Levy to have nice things again. And the more the Jets lose, the better chance he gets a new coach, the better chance he gets a new quarterback. And our producer has been through enough pain and agony in his young, young life here, being in his uh, mid-20s or so with the New York Jets, that he deserves better. And he, Adam Gase is not a good football coach. I don't know how you go from a coach uh, and, and get a situation where you have a, a young franchise quarterback two years ago coming in here. You have uh, a Pro Bowl running back. You have a Pro Bowl caliber safety, and all of it has deteriorated over the last two years, right? Because that's where the Jets were two years ago going into the season, right? Last year, heading into now. And here we are, and the Jets are a joke. Again, I told you going into the season, the roster's no good. You lose Le'Veon Bell basically in week one. There was already some speculation he was hurt going into the year with the hamstring injury. It's all downhill. The best thing that could happen is for them to keep losing. So 
I am going to try my best to will it to happen because I care about our producer, Brett Levy. I'm going to say reality. I don't feel great about it, but I am going to say reality. I, I just I cannot imagine they, they're going to lose this game. I mean, Denver is <laughs> awful. And, and the coaching, honestly, is equally awful. The quarterback, and by the way, just a question here. And, and again, this is a legitimate, just me asking you a question here. Do you think Sam Darnold is good? I, I don't know. Like, Do you think he's a good, he can be a good quarterback? I'm, I'm, in just your opinion. I I, I think he can. I, I mean, sure. you, I, look, is, I think that Sam Darnold can't, answer, we can't answer that question because of what's gone on in his career. You just simply cannot. Not with the different OCs he's had, the different systems in three years that he's had to deal with. Not with the terrible coaching that he's had to deal with. Not with the terrible personnel he's had to deal with. If you took him and dropped him into, I don't know, the Cliff Kingsbury offense, let's say, instead of Kyler Murray, and you had him with DeAndre Hopkins and Kenyon Drake, I might think differently of Sam Darnold. Right now, it's looking like the best thing for Sam Darnold is to end up in another team as a backup and maybe get another shot at some point, maybe a second life in his career. Right now, he does not look like a franchise quarterback. He's getting Crowder back tonight for the game. That's a positive, but look what he's had to work with. Braxton Berrios is not a number one wide receiver in the NFL. Frank Gore's 174 years old. Where are we right now with the Jets roster? I know he's only a year older than you. I get it, and I understand you're sensitive about it. Right. But still, Listen, like he's a Hall of Famer right, too, right? Yeah. He's he's a Hall of Famer before, too, just like Philip Rivers, I think. Before we move <laughs> yeah, this week, Listen, I want to ask you real quick, one quick question, one more, huh? Honestly, before we get Honestly. to question two, Brett, you can weigh in too, Brett, our producer. I'm not trying to throw you under the bus here. You you look, you watch these games, you watch football like I do. Tell me where Denver has any advantage whatsoever tonight. Where schematically is Denver at an advantage going into schematically? Tonight's- schematically, what I don't know it? if they're in. schematically. It's hard to argue they have an advantage. Personnel, they definitely have an advantage. They have better personnel on defense. Number one, number two, they have the better running back in the game in Melvin Gordon. They have Jerry Judy's healthy enough to be playing. Uh, they have possibly the best wide receiver as well. I know that's hard for people to grasp because he's a rookie. Uh, Crowder hopefully being back tonight maybe levels the playing field for the Jets. But it I think on paper, like, like Denver is a better team okay, than the Jets. I'm, so I'm going to ask. Let me ask you a question back. If if the Jets if the Jets had Noah Fant, Jerry Judy, and Melvin Gordon right now, would you feel confident about them beating the Broncos if they just had Brett Rippon and Jameson Crowder playing tonight? I I don't think that those three players that you mentioned should. Uh, should win the game on the road for Denver. Those th- those three players that you mentioned are not game changing players. I forgot about Fant. Fant does. Fant is a clear advantage at tight end. That that I will Dude. say, and maybe the best offensive player on the field for sure. But then you got the quarterback. We have no idea if he can get him the ball. But but Fant is definitely an advantage. Beyond that, we also don't know that without he can't. Harris, without <laughs> Harris, right? Without Von Miller. Mm-hmm. I mean, where where is where is Denver better? I, I'm, the Jets are are completely awful. I totally get it, but but where is where is Denver better at any at any place? I I don't see it. I don't see. It. I, and I don't I don't think the Jets are better than Denver at any position either. But the Jets are at home. They got to win this game. They have to win. Uh, you you might be saying all of those things, but I just don't think they're going to. We'll see. Okay. All right, let's let's move on and uh, and touch on uh, the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, who, if they win today, they move on. If they lose, they're out. Uh, fantasy reality: Trevor Bauer has pitched his last game with the Cincinnati Reds. That fantasy reality. Uh, before I answer this question, what's the score in that game right now? 
Is it one nothing Reds nothing. yet? Because if so, ah, oh, darn it. Okay, still zero nothing. zero. Oh, if it was one nothing, I'd jump right yeah, on the bandwagon. Yeah, we got to factor that in. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, we're in real time right now, so I'm going to try to be optimistic and say no, because I like the Reds coming into this playoff, and I don't want to jump off the bandwagon here just because they lost a 13 inning one nothing game yesterday. I think the Reds can beat the Braves today. I think the Reds can win this series. I think they have better starting pitching. We'll see if that pans out. Like you said, maybe it does get decided in the bullpen. It's starting to look like it might be, but hey, the Reds matched them last night in the bullpen. Last time I checked. So I'm going to say fantasy. He gets to pitch another couple games, but uh, I think at the end of 2020, that will be the last time he pitches for the Reds. Yeah, I'm looking at it here, updating the score. Um, yeah, still no score. Um, I'm going to say reality. I'm going to say the Braves win the series and Bauer moves on from Cincinnati. Um, it's easy to just go chalk, so I guess that's the way I'm going to go. Uh, the only the only thing is here. I, I wonder if Bauer forces himself into pitch an inning in Game Three. You know, look mm. at the way these games are going. No score. That no would be score fun. again. What happens? If the same thing happens tomorrow if the Reds. Where win? does he go? Where does he end up next year? What organization has the stones to put a lot of money into Trevor Bauer? And I mean not just Trevor Bauer the pitcher. I mean a lot of money into Trevor Bauer the complete entity, player personality, the whole deal. Because there's a lot there. To consider the Mets. <laughs> uh, no, they won't. No, they won't. And I don't think they should. But I mean, the Mets. That's what <laughs> you I don't got. really think that. I know you're just you're yeah, just teasing. I do. You don't act. I think the Mets are going to spend a lot of money this offseason. So, yeah. And you think that's going to work out with the New York media and Trevor Bauer? You think that's going to be a marriage made in heaven? I, I, I can't go Yankees, so I got to go Mets. Because not in, not with the Yankees, but with the Mets, yes. I could see it. Okay, let's end with this. Fantasy or reality, Joe? There's a story that uh, that I caught the other day that here in my home state of Florida, swans are just too expensive to keep in, in certain places. And there's one area of Florida on the West Coast where they can't afford to have them anymore. And so they're basically selling swans off here at this point because they cost $10,000 a year to maintain. I would ask you, Joe, fantasy or reality, if somebody offered you even a swan as a pet, a free swan, you can have the swan, you would take one. Fantasy or reality? Wait a minute. You're telling me it takes $10,000 a year to take care of a swan? One individual swan? Is that? Am I hearing you properly before I make my decision on this? Very important question. Yeah. 10000 a year. Yeah, well, who's got all these swans that they're giving them away, too? They're like, well, you know, I've spent, uh, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars on these swans. They're selling yeah. the swans I, I'm because they're very coveted and they're worth a lot of money, apparently. But I'm but I'm I'm throwing it at you to say it's free. I'm giving I'm giving you a free swan in New Jersey. Free swan. You're giving me a free swan, but it's not a free swan because you just told me it takes ten thousand dollars. You're giving me a free swan for a week and then it dies because I don't have ten grand to take care of said swan. Well, That's what you're giving. Me. The, so basically, what you're fans. you're well, basically, I just want to make sure I, that people out there understand what's happening here. I, I understand. These are very important you're, place you're not thinking it all through. If, if well, I'm starting to think maybe is that maybe the swan is Thanksgiving dinner is what I'm thinking. I, was, I got to think that's about that, too. That's well, terrible. It's a bird. Why? Have you ever had swan? You don't know swan is terrible. Have you have you eaten swan? I no, I have not. Well, well, don't knock it till you try it. That's 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 the, the old M.O. I'm going to say if someone offered me a free swan, even if uh, even if I had to or not take care of it, 
I would politely say, I'm good. I'm good. I have two kids. That's enough. I don't need to take care of a swan. We don't even have a dog because I don't want to pick up anything else or have anything else ruining the house or have to go out walk it in the snow. I don't want to do any of that at this point in my life. Maybe someday when I'm older, maybe I'll feel like, okay, now it's time to get a dog. But I don't want a dog, and I certainly don't want a swan right now in my life. Uh, I don't know how your family might feel about having a swan. It's not exactly a pet that you can you know, hang out no. with, teach it tricks necessarily. So uh, you taking the free swan? I would say fantasy, but, you know, again, if we're playing the semantics game, what I thought you were going to say instead of eating the swan, Joe, well, was I went you there. I went dark. And sell the swan and make some money. Like, I thought that's where you were going to go with You want me to because swan flip? Is that what you want me to do? You want me to flip the swan? You can, you can go to a pawn shop, bring the swan in, come out with an Atari 2600. I've got a better idea for you. Uh, I don't know if you know anybody close to a Major League Baseball team. <clears throat> Maybe the Marlins would go for this. But uh, since it's in Florida... And since they have to get rid of them, this is your ballpark night. This is your giveaway. Everybody, you know, first thousand uh, people get free swans. Free swans for everybody who comes into the ballpark that day. You're only the first thousand people, though, because, you know, it's going to get out of control after that. You have people fighting each other. Next thing you know, the swans are on eBay. It's a whole big thing with the swans. But I would say that's a giveaway that will get some butts in the seats down there in Florida for the Marlins. That, that's what be. I would say. It could be. Yeah, they, they you know Jeter what, they it. used oh, to go, and they used to have bobblehead night, but I think that this is a better alternative to yeah. that. Swans. I mean, come on. And one black swan, and whoever gets the black swan, they get to throw the first pitch out. How's that? One better. Take yeah, it to the I, next I, level. It, it looks like all the swans were white, but I don't want to, you know, play the race. Well, in this like day that. and age, I don't think that's really good swan representation, Craig. I got to be honest with you. I no, think you're, I think no, that's no, way no. off. I think you you're really lost me when you wanted to buy the swan to eat it. Like that really just, I know. didn't want to buy the swan. I never wanted to buy the swan. You were you, giving you, it to when me you wanted the swan for free to eat it. Was just it just it I was just right thinking there, ahead. Know? I was look, you know what? It's funny. You, you eat turkey at Thanksgiving, don't you? You know, you don't care whether you, you know that turkey was alive at one point. You do realize that, right? No, that's true. That's true. But this nice, yeah. beautiful swan is not like a turkey that oh, I, I don't, well, here we go. So, all the swans are white and all the birds have to be ugly that we eat, you know, showing your true feathers here, my friend. <laughs> I'm a bird racist. I'm a bird racist. I'm <laughs> a bird racist, but uh, look, just because a bird is ugly doesn't make it more or less delicious than the other bird that's pretty. I'm just saying. That's that's definitely fair. All right. Well, as the show deteriorates here on this Thursday, what we're going to do here is take a timeout. And if anybody is still left with us here, we'll have the Sports Grid 60 coming up at the end of the show. So stay tuned. More fantasy sports today is coming up in just a couple of minutes. And then we will be back here on Friday's edition of the show. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. We will, of course, be back on this show tomorrow at noon Eastern with the latest in baseball, a preview of the next game, of course, in the NBA Finals. Greg and Jeremy will have the tip drill and also cover all of your fantasy football news and notes for Friday. Just a quick update in the Reds-Braves game. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. has doubled in a run in the bottom of the fifth inning. They're now in the top of the sixth inning. Uh, and the Reds are threatening with the bases loaded and Kareem Hunt at the plate. So you know good. <laughs> Let's turn it over to Joe Pizzapia. He's got the Sports Grid 60. Joe? 
Oh, goodness gracious. So, boys and girls, guess who is uh, advancing in the playoffs in the Major League Baseball American League side of things? Oh, it's the Houston Astros. That's right. They know. They know that you hate them. They know that they know that you hate them. And they're using that. They're using that as their fire. It's an us against the world mentality. And whatever happened in the regular season, it doesn't matter at all. This team knows that it's only going to be measured at this point in time by what they do in the playoffs. And so far, they're advancing. And I hate to break it to everybody. Their next matchup against the White Sox or the A's. It's probably going to be another advance because they stack up much better than either of those two teams, at least in my opinion. That means that it could eventually become them against the Yankees or Rays and oh, back into the LCS, which means they are only a few wins after that back into the World Series. And what would be more 2020 than that? And if you think that can't happen, well, then where have you been all year? Because this is what 2020 has been about. Yeah, and, and really interesting. On the, on the other side, too, for the Minnesota Twins, 18 losses in a row in the postseason. Oh, I, 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 why did that just sneak up on me? I don't recall even hearing about this until a week ago. So uh, really tough for them. Uh, look, I want to end the show today also on baseball and uh, another team that unless you live in the city that a lot of people fear and a lot of people don't like to see in the people in pinstripes, of course, is the New York Yankees. And I got to tell you, they have been really impressive over the last two days. I'll be the first one to tell you, I thought that Cleveland had a really good shot in this series. I thought that just uh, Justin, I thought Shane Bieber would shut down the Yankees, and he did not. And this is completely the other way for me. I still think the Rays are the favorite in the series, but this is not the Yankees team the Rays wanted to face. They wanted to face the Yankees team that was doing nothing and not hitting, and that has certainly changed over the last few days. That'll be it for the show. Thank you to Danny. Thank you to Brett for my co-host Joe Pizzapia. I'm Greg Mish. We'll talk to you tomorrow at noon. Have a great day, everybody. See you. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.